Hi, and welcome to Fourth Dimension, where God shows up every time and we just sit back and watch. Right? If you're blessed by this ministry, so it's Just because you're in a crowded building, Thank you're in you. a mega church, whatever it is, I'm not knocking mega churches. I like them. If, if they're preaching the truth, I'm on board with it. I'm on board with anybody who preaches truth. But what I've realized is some of the most impactful places that, that you can go are places that people would overlook, that people would never acknowledge or give a second glance to. Right? And that's scriptural because God said he would use the foolish things to confound the wise and the weak things to confound the strong. Right? So a place that people are going to overlook, they're like, man, that, that doesn't look like anything's happening. I don't think anything's happening there. I don't think that that guy knows what he's talking about. You know what I mean? He looks kind of young. He sounds kind of funny. I don't think he knows what he's talking about. But it's not what I have to say. It's what God's got to say through me. Right? I wasn't going to preach none of this. I'm just, I get excited sometimes. I'm sorry. I should probably start with my name. My name is Philip. And uh, I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm very grateful to be here. Actually, not quite sure what God's going to do tonight. I give him the floor. Um, I was going to bring out a couple bags of snakes and then she came to me and said, hey, you're free to do whatever you want. We don't do snakes here, though. And I was like, all right, take, take them back to the cars, fellas. So this, this is my backup plan. So if it doesn't go good, that, that's my fullback because I was just going to play with snakes the whole time. So. I'm kidding. I swear. I swear I'm kidding. Um, no, but um, my name is, is Philip. I work with Cody Jones. If you guys were here, I think about three weeks ago, Cody was up here. And uh, that's a powerful man of God in my life. That's one of my closest friends to this day. And uh, I work with him. We went through Heritage House together. Actually, he was my leader when we were in Heritage House. For you, those of you that don't know, Heritage House is a men's faith-based program. It's on the west side of Cincinnati. It's for people coming out of addiction that are just jacked up and, and they need basically a father in their life. Right? Uh, I'll, say it, I'll say it just like that. You, you don't need a program. Uh, you don't need 12 steps or NA or AA. I'm not knocking those things. You know, I'm saying they're, they're tools in the belt. But if you're not wearing the belt, then a the tool's not going to help you. You know what I'm saying? And what you need is you need somebody that's going to lead you to Christ. You know what I'm saying? And that's not a one-time thing. I, I believe in, in sinner's prayers. I believe that after I, I preach, that I can give an altar call, and if anybody hasn't received Christ, we can pray together, and you can receive Christ, and I believe from that moment on you'll be saved. But that isn't it. Listen, I'm sure that there's a lot of people in this building that maybe have said the sinner's prayer before, but then went out and did the exact same thing that they told God that they would never do again. The reason I can say that is because that's exactly what I've done in my life before. I've said the sinner's prayer. I've been saved, but I never walked it out. So what I needed in my life is somebody to show me how to walk it out. And that's what City on a Hill did. That's what Billy Price, Jonathan Price, Mark Rosenblum, Cody Jones have done for me. They've shown me how to walk out. The, the love of God, walk in the love of God. You know what I'm saying? So I'll give you a little bit of my story and then uh, we'll see what God wants to do. If I can open this up. I'll, I'm just going to tell you guys right off the rip. I talk fast, I talk funny, and I walk a lot when I preach, right? I'm going to do my best to stay in one spot, but we'll see how it goes. Like I said, I get excited. I'll, I'll uh, pray to God and think I'll have an hour sermon, and then five minutes later, I'm like, well, I, I hit everything I thought I was going to hit on, so now what? But what I've come to realize is it doesn't matter what I'm doing, because nobody here is here to, to hear Philip Canera talk. You know what I'm saying? 
Nobody in here saw that awesome flyer that my wife made. It's an awesome flyer, you know what I mean? But nobody's here to hear me. Everybody's here is to hear from God, right? I can't do anything for you, right? I can't preach a sermon that's going to change your life. I can't walk this thing out for you. All I can do is be a conduit for God and that you can get to God through me, right? You can get to Jesus through me. I'm not trying to say that I'm Jesus because Jesus said that there's one way. He is the way, the truth, and the life, right? But Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ, right? So that shows us in the scripture that a man can be used to lead us to God, right? The greatest thing that the greatest resource that God has ever sent a human is another human. My pastor preaches that all the time. There's no resource like the human resource, okay? That everybody that, that thinks that they don't need a church, that they think, oh, I can, it, me and God got a good thing going. That's something you'll hear a lot. Listen, I'm sorry. If, if I'm stepping on anybody's toes, say ouch, okay? <laughs> if, if, uh, if you think that you and God have a good thing going and you don't need church and you don't need the body, then you're severely mistaken. We all need the body, right? That's why God called us to be a, a, a body, an ecclesia, a church. A church is in a building. A church is the body of Christ. That's what we are, okay? Whether this is your first day ever hearing the gospel or whether you can preach the gospel than anybody, better than anybody around, you are part of the body of Christ. And that's what Christ is coming back for. He's coming back for a bride, coming back for a church. He's not coming back for individuals, okay? So, like, you, like I said, if, if I'm stepping on your toes, I'm sorry if you don't believe that. I'm sorry. I'm just preaching what the Bible says, and, and that's I keep my hands off of it. That's how I stay out of trouble. You say what, what the Bible says, and right. nobody can get mad at you. You can get mad at God. You that's know what I'm right. Yeah, if you yeah. got any problems with it, take it up with him, not me, okay? <laughs> but um, I, I didn't grow up in church. I never heard the name of Jesus other than outside of maybe Christmas. Maybe you, you watch a Christmas cartoon and they say Jesus, but I, don't, I didn't know nothing about Jesus. Uh, I'm originally from England, a place called Ipswich, England. It's a small little town. Uh, not a lot happening there. We have a good football team, soccer team, as you guys would say. Speaking of football, Cincinnati just won. Yeah. Just got the news. Got to put on for that. You know what I'm saying? Re represent the 513 everywhere I go, even though I'm from England. When people ask me, hey, where are you from? I say Cincinnati. Um, that's where I grew up. It's not really, to me, it's not really where you were born. It's, it's where you were raised, and I was raised in a tiny little farm town called Felicity on the east side of Cincinnati. And Felicity is known for having an extremely high AIDS rate and having drugs. That's, that's it, that's all Felicity's known for, right? It's nothing but farm, farm fields and meth, right? And that's what I grew up in. And uh, being from England, a funny little thing that you wouldn't realize is um, country boys and hits don't like foreigners so I got into a lot of trouble and what I found myself doing is trying to get acceptance a lot so I would do what I thought everybody did and that's you get in fights you try to pick up girls and you drink you know what I'm saying so that's what I, I spent my life trying to do and uh, I ended up graduating high school I did all right in high school um, played some sports wrestled stuff like that but after I got out of high school, I thought, oh yeah, this is, this is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna party more than anybody, I'm gonna hook up more than anybody, and I'll drink more than anybody, right? And obviously, that didn't work out great for me. I don't know if you guys know this, but that's not a great life plan. <laughs> right? if, if you guys go home and in your kid's notebook, that's wrote down, that's a life plan, 
sit down and talk to him because that didn't set me up for success. Um, but, but I started partying a lot, like I said, and uh, one night one of my buddies was just like, hey, Phil, you got five bucks to throw in? I was like, oh yeah, we're getting some weed or something. Yeah, here's five bucks. And a couple hours later, um, a couple of my buddies are over in the back corner and they're smoking off a tin foil. It's like, I don't, I don't know what this is. They're like, hey, hit this. And I was like, all right, cool, you know what I mean? You think that I would have thought that through, like, hey, these people are smoking off a tin foil. I should probably think about this. But my mind was like, all right, yeah, cool, I'll hit it. It was my first time ever smoking methamphetamines. Felt like Superman, loved it. You know what I'm saying? I was on top of the world. I was the person that I always wanted to be. I would go out and talk to people. I'm not good at talking to people now. If you guys noticed, if you guys have been here for the last hour, you guys saw me come in. I came in and I sat down and I didn't talk to anybody. That's not because I don't like people, that's because I'm awkward. I'm, I'm not good, which is weird because God will use me to speak in front of a bunch of people and I'll be fine. But one-on-one, -on -one, I don't know what to do. You know what I'm saying? So if I don't speak too often, it's, it's nothing. It's not because I have anything against you. I'm just a super awkward person. But on meth, I felt great. I was talking to everybody. I was a life for the party. So I just continued to do it, and then I ended up um, getting on heroin. And I did that whole roller coaster for just over four years in and out of jail. Um, and then one day, I was done. I was homeless. Nobody wanted to be around me. I tell this story all the time that I was so much of a dope fiend that the dope fiends kicked me out of the dope houses. It's, it's a true story. It's not something I make up that I was standing in the dope house and a dude looked at me and he said, Phil, you're too much of a dope fiend. You gotta go. I was like, dang, bro. How, you, how am I too much of a dope fiend to hang out with the dope fiends? This ain't cool, you know what I'm saying? So I was living, living in my truck. It was cold. I was miserable. And uh, I went back to my mom's house, which I've been, by that point I've been kicked out by the time I was, before I was 17, I was kicked out of their house. But I went back to the house and I said, listen, I'm done, I need a change. And uh, she found a program in Hamilton, Ohio. I'd never been to Hamilton, Ohio before. But she found a program and said they would take me in that day. And uh, I remember talking to, to the guy on the phone and uh, he was a man of God. I didn't know it at the time. I didn't respect it at the time. I thought he was just some like some peon behind a desk or something. So I had a very foul mouth. I called him all kinds of names, um, not biblical names. And uh, <laughs> for some reason, they still let me come in. He said, hey, we're a faith-based program. I don't know if this is what you're looking for. He said, we're a faith-based program. And I was like, well, I can get up and go to church. I said, can you guys get me clean? He said, yeah. And I said, well, I can wake up for church. You know what I mean? That's all I thought it was. You know, like I said, I have no background in God. So I went to that program. Detoxed hard was a very unpleasant person to be around. And, uh, and then one day, I was like, you know what? I'll, I'll give this thing a try. I'll give this thing a shot. You know, um, People had prayed for me when I first got to the program. Some guy came up to me and said, hey, Phil, can I pray for you? I said, if it'll quit effing making me effing sick and effing do whatever you effing want to do. You know what I mean? And that's that's what I said. And he prayed for me and guess what? It didn't work. You know what I'm saying? So we were already off to a bad start, but now I realize God let me go through those things so I would never want to, to go through that whole process again if you've ever gone through sickness. So is, it, is it most people in here uh, in recovery? You know what I mean? So you, you, you guys know what it is. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, all right, whatever God used that, to, to get that out of me. And I was like, you know what, I'll give this thing a try. And uh, I said the sinner's prayer, and and that was it. I, I did what I thought 
Christians were supposed to do is I read my Bible and I thought I was supposed to be a preacher, right? Because I didn't, I didn't get the revelation, and I, I really didn't get this till years later. I didn't get that some people just wanted to go to church. I didn't get that some people just wanted to just, just got touched from God, and then they were cool and content going to church one day a week. I had no idea of that. All I knew is I've, I've seen people that, that preach the gospel. I thought every person that ever got saved was supposed to be a preacher. That was my theology. You know what I mean? And you know what? I wasn't entirely wrong because the Bible says, do ye this, the work of the evangelist. That's a call to every single person that we're supposed to be evangelists. That's why when my brother up here got up and said that he planted a seed the other day, I'm like, amen, that's what we're all supposed to be doing. If you don't have stories about the seeds that you're planting and, and waiting to see the harvest, then I don't know what you're doing, friends. You know what I'm saying? I'm not knocking on anybody. I'm just saying there's a work to be done. There's an end time harvest. God said that the harvest is ready, but the laborers are few, right? I don't think I'm looking at a bunch of bumps on a log. I think I'm, I'm looking at some harvesters here. I'm, I think I'm looking at some laborers here. You know what I'm saying? And it doesn't, like I said, it doesn't matter if this is your first day or your hundredth day. You're a laborer. You're called to be a laborer in the kingdom. There's people that need what you have. And that's why I'm up here. I'm not up here because I'm good at speaking. I'm not, good up, I'm not up here because uh, I know more of the Bible than you, because I've been in church longer than you. I'm simply up here because... God needs laborers, and I'll, I'll be what he needs. You know what I'm saying? People say, oh, God doesn't need people. Well, in the Bible, he does. You know what I mean? In the Bible, he used a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And the best thing about it is he used a lot of jacked-up people. That's right. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Hey, I qualify. <laughs> one, thing that, uh, one of our friends, Mike Dinnigan, says, he says that you can have a sawdust brain and be filled with the Holy Ghost and make it in this life. How many know that I qualify and you probably do too? Wow. Yeah. But I went to that program and I, I got kicked out of there three months later um, because my character had not changed. I accepted the, the word of God. I accepted that it was true. I read my Bible every day. I prayed every night. But my character had not changed. So I got kicked out of that program because I snuck up on top of the roof and smoked a cigarette. They were a non-smoking facility. They kicked me out. Best thing that ever happened to me. My plan after leaving that program was to go live in my truck again. I don't know why, I was, I was 21 at the time, and I said, hey, it's, it's probably going to be a good idea if I graduate rehab and then go back and live in my truck and be homeless again. <laughs> not a great decision maker, obviously, as you guys can probably tell by this point in my story that I'm, I'm not the best at planning stuff out, not a great decision maker. But they kicked me out of that program, I had nothing, nobody. I called my mom, I said, hey, will you guys drop off my truck? And they said, oh, hey, you remember all that money that you owed us? We sold your truck. So I was like, hey, cool. <laughs> So they got a hold of uh, the people at City on the Hill, one of the pastors from that program, Genesis, um, got me connected with City on the Hill. I went there, and that's the best thing that's ever happened to me. What I say, and I say this a lot everywhere I preach, I say the same thing. I'm kind of a broken record on some things, and that's because it's the truth, and it's what impacted me. Is I heard the gospel for the first time at Genesis. I saw the gospel for the first time at City on the Hill. Right? So that's what changes people. Uh, a great message and a great sermon doesn't change people. Watching a great message and a great sermon in people's life is what changed you. Sitting on the hill, the pastors there, the people that I'm surrounded with now, showed me the love of God. They didn't tell me about it. They showed it to me. Right? Because I gave these people every reason and every excuse to get rid of me, but they just loved me more. Amen. And I'm telling you, 
Listen, I may look like a nice, civilized person up here. You guys may be like, hey, I'd like to kick it with that guy after this. You wouldn't have four years ago. Four years ago, I was a mean, disgusting, nasty thing that you could barely qualify as a human being. Okay? That was me. I'm just slightly less of that nowadays. That's what I, I tell people. I, I was a scumbag, now I'm slightly less of a scumbag. I'm kidding, because God doesn't do half works, he completes it. He said that anything that he starts, he will bring into the completion until the day of Christ Jesus, right? So I, I joke a lot, but the truth is that God has radically changed me. He that all things have passed away, behold, all things have Amen. been created new, right? And that's what he's going to do in every single person's life in here, if that's what you want. But it's got to be what you want. You've yes. truly got to let go of everything yes. that is behind you. And grab a hold of what is before you. Like our brother said that was up there on the worship. You know, he's, he said you've got to keep your eyes focused forwards, right? Yep. Now, I still look back sometimes. But I don't look back reaching back. I look back because God will use the things that you came out of yeah. to help set people that he puts in your life free. Right? The Bible tells us that we're overcomers by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Right? The blood of the Lamb, that was done. Jesus did that. That's, that's Jesus' blood. It was poured out on the cross. Okay, so our part is the word of our testimony. Why am I telling you my story right now? It's not so you can like my Instagram profile. It's because there's power in the telling that my words about how God set me free can set other people free. That's right. right? How he took me from death unto life. Right? The, the problem with a lot of uh, preachers and a lot of people trying to help uh, addicts get free, and I, and I respect it, and I love anybody that's trying to help anybody. But they, I mean, if you go to a, a clinical rehab right now, they're telling you, hey, you're going to fail, it's going to be okay. Right? That's what they tell you in rehabs nowadays. Hey, listen, you're going to come in, you're going to get clean, you're going to relapse, and then we'll do it again. No, that's not, I don't believe that. You know what I'm saying? That I'm not believing that, hey, I'm going to go out here and fail. I'm believing what the Bible says. And the Bible says that I go from glory to glory to glory to glory. You know what I'm saying? That I rise to the end day sun when it's his highest peak. I'm not going up and down like I'm on the, the beast. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm on son of beast, as Cody said the other day. I'm going straight up, straight to the top. You know what I'm saying? Does that make sense with you guys? Amen. So I, I, I went through Heritage House. Um. Like I said, I was jacked up. I was not a nice person, but I, I knew God had a call on my life, and I wanted to serve Him, and I wanted to do whatever it took. They have a, a program. It's called inter internship. After you graduate the program, um, basically you, you do ten months in the program, and then you can do another eight months and basically help give back what you just got. So you drive guys to appointments when there's a problem with the house. You try to help with them. Um, you're called to, to go up and pray in front of people and stuff like that. And I, I knew I wanted to do that. And the call was so strong in me, not because other people said, hey, Phil, you're really cool, man. You're going places. But because I had a desire to serve God, I knew that that was what I was going for. So I graduated that program, um, graduated the internship. And after I graduated the internship, they hired me on. I've been working there for four and a half years, I think, since, since 2017. 20, yeah, 2017. So, like I said, I'm not good at math, however many years that is, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> One thing I'm not is a liar, and I'm, listen, it's four, five, six years, something like that. I don't know. Get my fingers out if you guys wouldn't judge me, you know what I mean? <laughs> but, but I've been there, and I get to give away what God has given to me. And all He's given me is everything. 
You know what I'm saying? The only thing that God ever gave me was absolutely everything that he had to offer. The very best, which was Jesus. He sent his only begotten son so that whoever would believe on him would have everlasting life. You know, And not just life, but life more abundant. I hold God to his promises. He told me that I'd have a more abundant life and that's what I'm going for. I'm not settling for anything less than I suggest that you guys don't either. Right? If you guys were promised a, a mediocre life where you guys struggle and, and have a hard time of it, and, and like I said, you guys go back and relapse here and there, or maybe you have one of these problems and you feel the world coming against you and, and this and that. Listen, God told me that I'd have the abundant life and I'm holding him to it. I'm not holding him to whatever the world says that I'm going to have. Hey, listen, brother, you're going you're gonna to graduate this program and then you're going to relapse. Hey, listen, you can hold on to those words, brother, because I'm holding on to the oh, word of God. Yes. You know what I'm saying? I'm holding on to what you have to say. You know what I'm getting at? I have a passion inside of me that drives me way past any drug could give me. Josh Willis, uh, a preacher, the, actually the preacher that was at Genesis, um, when I went there, he was actually connected with Billy Price, my pastor now, I didn't know it at the time. He says all the time, there is no high like the most high. I've been high, but now I'm the most high. I'm the most high on the most high. You know what I'm saying? There's no heroin, no meth, no Percocet, no whiskey, no nothing that can get you feeling the way that Jesus gets you feeling. The way that I'm feeling right now, I told you that I felt like Superman on meth. I'm telling you, I put Superman to shame right now. He yeah. keep up, you know? Superman my shirt when I'm getting going because I'm filled with the Holy Ghost and power. I'm not filled with Philip and power. I'm filled with the Holy Ghost and power. What I have inside of me is the same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead. That lives in me. That isn't a one-time thing. God told me that the other day. I was thinking about that scripture. The same spirit that lives in me is the same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead. I'm like, man, if that's true, why do we struggle? And God was telling me, well, people don't really believe it. You be Listen, if, if someone fell out in his chair right now and I prayed for them and they jumped back to life, you, would, you guys would believe that the same spirit as Jesus lives in me. But you guys don't believe that about yourself every single day. You need to walk out of your house and realize the same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead lives inside of me. The same spirit that heals the lepers, that drives out demons, lives in me. He's alive and well, right? Jesus said, how many people think that it would be cool to walk with Jesus? I heard this the other day and it stuck me. How many people think it'd be cool to, it's cool to walk, walk with Jesus? Right? Hey, listen, man, I used to think the same thing too. Like, man, Oh, walk with Jesus. Just hang out with your sandals on, watch your new works. Jesus said in the word that it's better for me to leave so the comforter may come. So you think it's cool to see Jesus do what he was doing? He said that you would do greater works than this. Right? So Jesus left, but we have the power of the Holy Ghost living inside of us, and we can do everything that Jesus did, and we can do more of it. The, the Bible tells us that the books of the world could not contain the miracles that Jesus did, right? So that means that I'm filling up libraries right now. They better throw out all them secular books. They better throw out all those goofy things because at the end of my life, I'm going to have stories about how I did the same things that Jesus did. I believe that. Listen, I've never raised a man from the dead. Uh, maybe drove out a couple demons. I don't know if they came back or not. That's on those people. Work, work out your own salvation. That's, That's what right. the Bible says. Hey, I'm taking my hands off. I did what the Bible said. But I, I've never seen limbs restored as Jesus did. But I'm believing that I'm going to see those things by the end of my life. That I'm going to see the miracles of God. Why do I believe that? Because God said so. Right? Listen, I don't know if I make God mad with the stuff sometimes. But I'm telling you, I hold him. 
It, my kid does this to me all the time. She'll, she'll ask me for something, and I'll go, yeah, sure, whatever. You know what I mean? Not really thinking about it. I'm, I'm about doing something. Hey, can I have some Skittles? Hey, will you make me a hot pocket? Whatever it is. And you best believe she comes up an hour later like, hey, you remember what you said? You remember what you said? I do the same thing to God. Hey, you remember what you said? Hey, you remember what you said? You said that I could have all these things. You said that I could do all these things. You said that I would have power. You said that a double-edged sword would come out of my mouth. You know what I'm saying? You said that I could do all these things, and I haven't forgot it. And you know what? God hasn't forgot it either. God's not a forgetful God. He's not somebody who says something, and I kind of meant it. You know what I mean? Sometimes I'll tell my child that she can have a hot pocket and know that there's no hot pockets in there. You know what I'm saying? I try and maybe I looked. That's not God. You know what I mean? Thank God that I'm not God because we would all be smoked. But God's good. He knows what he's doing. He's been around for a long, long time. And he's going to be around for even longer. You know what I'm saying? He's coming back soon. And I want to be found out in the field doing what he gave me to do. You know, that's the, that's the scariest thing. I know I'm not going to hell. I hope every person in here, if you've accepted Christ, you know that you're not going to hell. Okay, hey, we're, we're all going to heaven in here as long as you live your life according to the Bible and you, and you, and you don't lean on your own understanding, you lean, you lean on the Spirit of God, you're not going to go to hell. I'm not satisfied with just not going to hell. When Jesus comes back, I want him to find me in the field about my father's business. You guys remember the story when Jesus was in the temple, when, when uh, Mary and Joseph came back so they could be counted, but with, when, and they left. I don't know how they left their kid. I've never actually managed to do that one. I may not be the greatest dad in the world, but I've never left my kid around. And they're halfway back to their town and they're like, hey, where's Jesus? They come back, find him in the temple teaching, and he said, didn't you know that I was about my father's business? That's the call that's on my life and it's on your life too. Hey, we're about our father's business. You guys get what I'm saying or am I going too fast? I'm excited. I'm sorry. I, don't, I wasn't feeling this. I'm excited. I'm excited knowing that, that I have life-changing power inside of me and you do too. That I can see captives set free. He's still setting people free. Hey, a lot of people say, hey, he's the, the God of the Bible, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God that parted the Red Sea. Hey, guess what? He's still parting the Red Sea. Guess what? He's still cleansing the leper. He's just, instead of doing it through Jesus, he's doing it through the Holy Ghost, through a person. Lift your hand if you're a person. Hey, you qualify. That, that should be the title of my message. I don't title my messages, but if I did, I'm going to call it, You Qualify. Okay? That's a good one. Someone should, someone should quote that sometime. Alright? But, see, I don't even remember where I was at. I literally was not planning on going on any of this. But the thing is, is I'm not here to speak. That's what I came up with. I'm not here to speak. I'm here to let God touch His people. If he tells me to sit down so, so you guys can be touched, trust me, I'll sit down. Because I don't want to hinder anybody from getting what God has for them. Right? The, I'm pretty sure I told you my whole my story. I don't really remember. I got too hyped up. I'm just going to read some scriptures. You know what I mean? If you, if you ever get hemmed up, if you want a lesson, lesson in preaching, if you guys ever get hemmed up in what you're saying, just go to the Word of God. Like I said, no, nobody can argue with you if you start, if you start quoting scripture. What are they going to do? Tell you you're wrong? Okay. I got you.
And this is the scripture that God was giving me. Matthew 25, it's 14 through 30. And it's the parable of the, the servants who got the talents, right? So I'm just going to read it real quick. Again, it'll, make, it'll be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once, put his money to work, and gave five bags more. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid it, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled the accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought another five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I've gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with two bags of gold also came and said, Master, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I've gained two more. And the master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came, Master, I knew you were a hard man, harvesting where you had not sown, and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went and hid your gold in the ground. See that is here, and it would see what is here belongs to you. The master replied, You wicked, lazy servant. You knew that I harvested where I did not sow and gathered where I did not scatter seed. Well, then you should have put my money in deposit with bankers so that when I returned, I would at least receive it back with interest. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has ten bags. For whoever will be given more, for whoever has will be given more, and they that have abundance who does not have, even when they have will that be taken even what they have will be taken from them. And throw that worthless servant outside in the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Say amen at the word of God. That sounds like a pretty harsh story. And actually, um, and I, at least I know that I'm not the only one because Cody's actually told this story before too. Um, but it's, I swear, the first time I read this Bible, the first time I ever read the Bible, when I came to this story, I, I was thinking in my head, I don't know if you guys ever do this too, but you like kind of picture who you would be in the Bible. Before I got to the, next, the, the bottom of the chapter when he's talking about um, well, one went off, the other went off, and one dug a hole. I was like, oh, that, that makes sense. I dig a hole. You know what I'm saying? I'm not trying to lose the monster's money. How many know if you would... You, it's a gamble out there. I'm not in the stock market because I don't know nothing about it. For all I know, I'll put 10 grand in and end up owing 40 grand. I don't know how it works. I figured that I would be the smart man and dig a hole and hide the money, and I thought that that was the right thing to do. What I found out, if I just read an, another couple verses down, that that's the opposite of what you want to do, right? God doesn't give you abilities and talents. See, that's one thing that I noticed when I read that. I've never, listen, I'm not a historian. I do like history. I'm not a historian. I know quite a few different currencies. Obviously, I'm from England, so I know about pounds, and I know about euros, and I know, I know some currencies. Um, I've never heard of a currency called a talent before, right? But I think that God puts that in there because what our currency is is the abilities and the talents that he's given us, right? I believe that he gives us money too, you know what I mean? I'm blessed, like I said, 
I want you guys to be blessed. I believe in the abundant life. Hey, that comes with cash too. The Bible tells us that the wealth of the wicked is stored up for the righteous. Yeah. I live righteously. Give me my money. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that's not what I, that, that's, a, that's a different message for a different day. But hey, listen, I'm going off what the scriptures say. You know what I'm saying? Hey, God, do you remember what you said? Listen, I'm, just, hey, I'm throwing it up there. You guys take it for what you want it as. But he gives us abilities and talents. Like I said at the beginning of this, there's a lot of things that I'm not good at. I mean, a lot of things that I'm not good at. Like a real lot of things that I'm not good at. <laughs> but there's some things that I'm halfway decent at, and there's one thing that I'm really good at. And that one thing that I'm really good at is knowing how jacked up I am without the presence of God and holding on to Him. Right? That's what my talent is. If you ask me what my talent is, my talent is being like my kid when I'm trying to walk out the door and she grabs a hold of my leg and wraps her legs around mine and, and I'm trying to walk like this to go do something. That's like me with God. I just grab a hold of his legs and I ain't letting go. I'm grabbing a hold of his word. I'm grabbing a hold of his presence. I'm grabbing a hold of his spirit. What he said about me. I'm grabbing a hold of it. I'm wrapping my arms and my legs around it and I ain't letting go. You know what I'm saying? That's what I'm good at. That's my talent. That's my ability. You guys have talents and abilities, right? But there's so many people that have so many talents and so many abilities and they squander them. They squander them. They hide them in the dirt. Nothing. There's nothing, right? But I believe that I'm surrounded by people right now that are not like that. People that have a cry and a hunger for the things of God. They say, I want to be used. I want to give away the things that I've been given. Right? We're all going to give an account. The, the, the Bible tells us that we're all going to give an account of the works done. In fact, here, let me read you the scripture just in case you guys don't believe me. I know I quote scripture a lot, but I haven't read a lot. But I'm telling you, every, everything I'm saying is scriptural. If, I, if it wasn't, I feel like somebody would have called me out by now. So I won't be able to find it now. Okay, whatever. It's 2 Corinthians 5, 9 through, 9 through 12. Um, the, the Bible tells us that we're going to give an account on that day. Right? For the works that we did and we did not do. Right? Everybody thinks that they're going to give an account for, for every sin that they've ever committed. Right? Are you, are you guys ready for me to, to drop a little revelation on you? Sure. You're not going to give an account for the sins that you did. Right? Well, I'm sure I've got some people up here. Whoa, Phil. Uh, I, I think you got your theo theology wrong. Right? Well, the Bible tells me that God separated my sins as far as the east is from the west. And he threw them behind them in a sea of forgetfulness. Amen. Right? That's what the Bible tells me. So that means my sins are forgiven. That means on the judgment day, I'm not giving account for my sins. What I will give an account for is what I did and did not do. Right? The, I don't want to have my heart broken at that final judgment day when God looks at me and says, you wasted it. You wasted it. You know? The... the they say that there's, there's going to be no, no tears, no sorrow in heaven. Hey, listen. At that point, I'm not positive. And, and right here, I'm going off. 
I'm not saying anything right now is doctrine. Don't build a church on this. I'm not certain that at that point you're going to be in heaven because you're going to be at the throne, right? The, the great throne judgment, you're going to be at the pearly gates, as some people say, as you've got the nice cartoons where all dogs go to heaven and they're sitting at that beautiful gate, right? I think at that point, you're going to be able to feel what you did and didn't do. And I don't want to feel that sorrow of knowing that God gave me an ability to reach people. God gave me ability to see captives set free. And I squandered it because of what? Because I was scared? Because I was lazy? You know, that's, that's what that Bible, the Bible just says. I just read you the scripture. He threw him out. He said, get this lazy, worthless servant and throw him out into outer darkness. You know what I mean? I, like I said, I'm, I know I'm not getting thrown into outer darkness. But I don't want God to look at me and say, you were lazy. I don't believe he'll ever call me worthless, but I don't want him to ever say, hey, you were lazy, Phil. I gave you a job to do and you didn't do it. Right? I don't care what the reason is. There is no good reason to not do what God told you to do. Right? You might say, hey, I, 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 didn't, I didn't know that's what you wanted me to do. Well, God says, tune your ear to his voice. Right? I was nervous. Listen, I'm nervous right now. You know what I'm saying? I'm, every time I speak, I'm nervous. But I refuse to let my nerves get in the way of what God's trying to do. Right? If I get up here and I bomb this whole thing and you guys boot me off of the microphone, I don't care because I'm just trying to be a conduit of God. That doesn't mean that I don't treat it with reverence. I treat every moment with reverence. Whether I was in the Joel Osteen's mega, mega, mega church, whatever you call that thing, or whether I'm preaching to a homeless guy down the street, I'm treating it with the same reverence, right? I'm treating the one like I treat the 99. I'm treating it like this is the biggest opportunity to me, opportunity of my life. Because I want to be what God needs me to be. I want to be clay in the potter's hand, right? But if I fail, I want to know that I gave it my best job. I want to know that I gave it my best try, that I have a hunger in my heart that says, I don't care what I look like, I don't care what I sound like, I don't care if I'm the goofiest guy in the room. All I care is that God's Spirit is moving upon His people, right? I'm, all I'm doing is standing here and saying, here am I, God, send me. Here am I, send me. And I believe that there's people's hearts that are like that in this place right now. That are willing to say, hey, send me. Send me. Hey, maybe there aren't. Maybe I was dogging on you in the, at the beginning of the service when I said, I didn't know that some people just wanted to go to church once a week. Maybe that was you and you just and you just want to be like, hey, I wish this dude would shut up already. I'm trying to get some coffee and some donuts and head back to wherever I'm at. You know what I'm saying? Listen, like I said, if I'm stepping on your toes, I'm sorry. I apologize. But... The, the moves of God that have happened throughout history happened because like-minded people decided that there's so much more that people are missing out on, right? That, hey, you can't just get people saved and get them to go to church once a week. That's, that's not it, right? Cody and I were speaking the other day. We were on, I don't know, we were on the phone call about something, and it, and it just came up. And we were talking, and uh, we agreed that we're not content 
hearing stories about great moves of God. Right? I'm not content hearing what A.A. Allen did. I'm not content hearing what Billy Graham did. I'm not content hearing about Smith Wigglesworth and Azusa Street. I'm not, I'm not cool with that. I like those things. I'm, I'm super glad that they happened. But I've got to see revival in my own generation. I have to see revival happen in the streets. I will not be content until I see every street corner on fire with the presence of God. On fire with the word of God. Right? I want the gospel to be preached throughout the nation and people respond. Not just hear it and sit in a pew. Not, not like me when I first heard the gospel and was like, okay, you know what I mean? This, this is what this is. No, I want people to feel the power of the Holy Ghost and live their lives in a passionate flame. Right? Listen, God says be hot or cold. Right? We know what it is to be cold. If you don't, go outside for about 30 seconds. You know what it's like to be cold. I want to know what it feels like to have the, the fire of the Holy Ghost come upon me in such a, in such a way that not a man, woman, or child in this whole Hopkinsville area can deny that the presence of God was here that day. You know what I'm saying? That's what I would like. I'm not saying that we need to fall out in the streets right now because I'm not trying to preach out in the streets right now. I'm just keeping it real with you guys. Like I said, I'm not going to lie. Listen, I want a Book of Acts revival where they were out stumbling in the streets. It could wait a couple months till that. You know what I'm, saying? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I shouldn't say that. I'm sorry. If, I, if it wants to happen right now, I guess I'll suck it up and put my jacket on. I'm a pansy when it comes to the cold. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's the truth of it. But if that's where God wants to do his work, then that's where I'll go. Because I'm, I'm following God. I'm following God no matter what. Cody says it all the time. He might have said it up here. I don't know. Uh, I listened to part of what he said. My friend, friend Garrett over here. Raise your hand, Garrett. Garrett came out the program. Glenn and, and Joey. Put your hands. These guys are in Meredith's house right now. Joey's in Meredith's house. Glenn just graduated. And Garrett um, went through the internship. Man, man of God right there. Right, but he took a video of Cody's preaching and it was a horrible video. I could not understand one thing he said. So, so I don't know if Cody um, spoke about anything that, that I'm, any of the topics that I'm hitting on. But Cody says all the time, I want to be a voice and not an echo. Right? I think so many men of God, women of God right now, they're just trying to be an echo of the people that have gone before them. Mm. Right? Because they preach awesome services. And, and they preach powerful stuff, and hey, that's cool. And I've probably quoted 15 preachers since I've been up here, right? But I'm not an echo of what they're saying, right? I'm a voice. I'm a voice of God. I use what men, the revelations that men of God have put in my life. But hey, like I said, uh, the only revelation that's going to change you is the same revelation that, that Paul had. Uh, not Paul Peter, I apologize. I do know the Bible, I swear. The, the only revelation that's going to change you. I could get up here and, and I was going to say I could get up here and preach an awesome service. I probably can't. You guys are probably figuring that out right about now. Not the best speaker. Not eloquent with words. My high school education is from a hick town, so I'm not that well educated. I'm, I'm not good with fancy words. If I dropped the, the greatest revelation on you right now, it'd be the same revelation that Peter got. You are Christ, the anointed one. 
Right? You guys remember that story? Jesus is saying, who do, who do, who do you say I am? And, and they're saying, well, some men say that you're Elijah. Who do you say I am? Well, some people say that you're John the Baptist. Who do you say I am? And Peter said, you are the Christ, the anointed one. Right? Christ isn't Jesus' lost name. It wasn't Mr. and Mrs. Christ. It wasn't Mary and Joseph Christ. Christ means the anointed one. Right? The Christos, the anointed one. Jesus was the anointed one of God. If you get that revelation, listen, I love it when people drop revelation. People are powerful. I, I love a word as much as you guys. I don't knock on preachers that drop fire bombs. I'm not knocking on any of them. But I'm telling you, a fire service isn't what's going to change you. The fire of God is what's going to change you. The only revelation that you need is that Jesus is who he said he was, and he will do what he said that he is going to do. All you have to do is hold on to that and believe it. Right? If you, if you truly believe that God is who he says that he, would, that he is, and that he would do through you and to you what he says, then you never have a thing to worry about. You're never going backwards. The thing that you're struggling with right now is the thing that will set people free. Yeah. Right? How is that thing going to set people free? Well, your testimony is going to be that God set me free from it and he can also set you free from it. Yeah, yeah. Right? It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter if you've been uh, banging heroin for 20 years. It doesn't matter if you've been struggling with pornography for 40 years. It doesn't matter what your sin is. There is no measure on sin. All there is is you holding on to God and realizing without Him you have no hope. You have absolutely nothing. That God is all your strength, all your might. Right? That's what every single person in here has. Right? Maybe your talent is you're you're a way better speaker. Maybe your talent is that you're you're good going out and connecting with people on the street. You know, but I don't know what your talents are. You know what they are. You know what God has put in your heart. Right? You know the desires that God has put in your heart. And I'm urging and encouraging every person in this building right now to take what God has given you and invest it into the kingdom. Right? Invest it into souls. You want to know how to stay clean from drugs? How to stay free from drugs? Get addicted to souls. Right? I, I realized a, a, a while ago that I'm not trying to get people clean off drugs. Right? I'm not trying to get you to stop being addicted to drugs. Right? I don't, I don't have that power. But what I'm trying to help you do is go from being addicted to drugs to being addicted to the kingdom of God. If you don't search out the kingdom of God with the same tenacity that you seek out drugs every day, then you're not going to make it. That's the truth, though. Okay? If you guys want, you can walk out now. You won't hurt my feelings. Okay? If you don't have that same yearning in your spirit that says, I need God or I will die, you're not going to make it. Because that's how you feel when you're on drugs. If, if you've never had heroin before, if you've never done heroin, you've never been through sickness, let me, let me tell you what it is. Is you know that you're not going to die. But you know that you're going to die. Does that make sense? 
Like, I know when I'm going through heroin withdrawals. Like, I know in my mind, like, hey, I'm not going to die. Like, four or five days later, I'll feel better. But you know, like, dude, I've got to get this or I'm going to die. You know what I'm saying? I might have used those exact words before trying to hustle somebody out of some money. Like, dude, I'm going to die if I don't have this stuff. You know what I'm saying? If you don't have that same thing in you for coming out from the kingdom of God, that's why you're struggling, friend. That's why you're struggling. Because you don't go and reach off to God like you do the things of this life. There's a lot of people, and I'm knocking you guys. Listen, if I'm... I'm, I'm probably preaching to somebody out on the street. I'm not preaching to you guys. I know that you guys have all got, got this thing down. I'm preaching to that guy that just walked by. You guys can't see him because he just walked by. But he's out there, I'm telling you. That's who I'm preaching to. Don't, don't get mad at him, okay? But what, what I'm saying is... Is you guys are here in the freezing cold. You guys drove through the, the ice cold weather. You guys are probably here in the sweltering heat. You guys are probably here in the pouring rain. I'm sure you guys are here every opportunity that you get. Guess what? I'd have been there for, for I'd have gone through all that stuff for drugs. But you know what's sad? Is that if we get a half inch of snow, they're gonna start closing down churches. You know what I'm saying? Hey, listen. If you guys don't wear a mask, I'm going to close down church. If you guys don't get a vaccine, I'm Come closing on. down church. If you guys do get a vaccine, I'm closing down church. Come on. You know what I'm saying? Hey, someone sneezed three times <laughs> instead of four times the other day. I'm closing down church. You know what I'm saying? People don't have a tenacity about the things of God. They can go to Walmart. They can go to the Home Depot. They can go to McDonald's or Starbucks. But Come we got to close down the church. Yes. And you know what's sad and pitiful? Is I expect that kind of stuff out of the world. I did not expect that stuff out of Christians. Yes. I did not expect to nice. see videos across the nation. I'm not just talking about America. Across the nations where they've shut down churches. And there's people standing outside the buildings worshiping God. When the leadership is sitting in their homes saying don't come to church. That's pitiful. That's pitiful. They should be the first one up there and say, listen, I don't care what you say you're going to do to me. I don't fear the one that can just kill body. I fear the one that can kill both body and soul. Right? I don't fear a government. I'm not getting political. All right? Don't get mad at me. I've said that a million times. If you guys are mad at me by this point, it doesn't matter if I say don't get mad at me. You guys have noticed that? I can say, hey, don't get mad at me, and then say something that's going to make people mad at me. Right? Hey, it is what it is. I probably won't be back for a while if Shay ever invites me back, so I don't have to worry about it. You guys don't know where I live, so I'm cool. You know what I'm saying? I'm not worried about a Joe Biden. I'm not worried about a Nancy Pelosi. Guess what? Trump isn't my savior. Amen. Come on. Right? Hey, listen, I think things were a lot better the way, the, the way they were. But guess what? Trump isn't my Savior. Jesus Christ is my Savior. Right? He can do whatever he wants to do whenever he wants to do it. God's in charge. All he needs is some people with some tenacity that says, I'm following after the things of God no matter what people say. Hey, tell me that you're, you're going to shut the, building, the buildings down. Hey, that's cool. We'll take the streets. You know what I'm saying? That's something that, that Pastor Billy's always said, and it's always resonated with me. He said, I've never claimed that you've got to shut down your mosques. 
You've never got to shut down your, your Hindu temples, whatever they're called, I'm not quite sure, temple maybe. You, you don't have to shut down any of those buildings. Because I'm not worried about a building, I'm worried about the streets. That's where moves of God happen. That's where the book of Acts came, right? They met in a building, they met in the upper room, but they ended up on the street, right? And then, and then Peter got up and preached fire and brimstone, right? He said that you guys crucified Christ. What do you mean I crucified Christ? The way you're living is crucifying Christ because Christ died for your sins. If you're living in sin every single day, what you're doing is you're living a life that's crucifying Christ. Right? I'm not trying to crucify Christ. Christ was crucified. I'm trying to crucify myself every single day so I'm not living in sin. Why? Because I have a passion to see people change. Hey, listen, Cody said, I'm getting ready to wrap this up. I don't know how long I've gone. I'm sorry. <laughs> listen, none of this was in my notes. You guys dragged us out. That's, good. All right? That's why I love preaching where hungry people are at. Because they just drag it out of me. I could, I could try to keep my mouth shut. It just ain't working. All right? I don't even remember where I was going now. You're right at home. <laughs> Yeah, I don't remember. Listen, I'm sorry. Like I said, I'm not the best preacher in the world. All I am is somebody that wants to be used to God. Amen. I just want to be used to God. I'm going to chase after Him with everything I've got. Listen, if I never get asked to speak again, I'm chasing after Him with everything that i got. If I get asked to preach in a place where, where they come up and there's a million people there, and they say, hey, Phil, we really want to hear you speak. You just got to leave out that homosexuality is not alive. You leave that out and we're cool. Hey, listen, the first thing I'm saying is I'm preaching the truth. I'm not knocking on uh, someone who's gay any more than someone who fornicates outside of marriage. Sin is sin, brother. You know what I'm saying? Sin is sin. The reason that I'm trying to live my life. Oh, there we there I go. Okay, Cody said. Alright. Cody said the other day, he, he gave me this little revelation when we were talking about men of God and stuff like that. Not like we were bashing men of God, but he just broke it down. And he said, the anointing is for the people, not the preacher. Right? So he says the anointing is for the people, not the preacher. Or you say, what do, what do you mean by that? I mean, if you guys ever seen some of the crazy stuff that somebody's preachers get away with and these pastors get away with and they're preaching to millions and millions and millions of people and you're like wow how did they have that crazy stuff in their life and God still used them well God didn't use them for that man God used them for the men the, the, the people that he was preaching to God will use you despite your flaws right but the reason that I have a passion to try to live a sin free life to live a sin free life you guys might, might not agree with that hey we also we all sin you know what I'm saying I don't believe that we have to. You know what I'm saying? I believe that Jesus said he overcame death, hell, and the grave. He overcame sin when he died on the cross. We can live in victory for now and forevermore. The reason that I, that I try to strive to live a sin-free life is because I don't want my garbage to stop you from getting what God has for you. Right? I don't want my garbage to stop you getting a touch of God. Right? I, I, don't, I don't know how you guys do it here. 
don't know if you guys do an altar call. I don't know um, if I could get some of the band to come up. That'd be awesome. Listen, they were singing that song at the end. A, a, a beautiful song, beautiful song. I'm not knocking it at all. I, I loved it. But the truth is, is that you have more than a broken hallelujah to lay down before God. We say, what do you have to lay down before God? Your life. Okay? Your life. The song's called Gratitude. Well, I'm grateful. And you know what I'm grateful for? I'm grateful that I was living in death. That I should be in hell right now. But Christ died for me so that I could live. And that I could be life to other people. Right? I could be hope to other people. Christ in me. The hope of glory. Right? That's what I'm living in. The reason that I'm living in it is because my life is laid down for God. This is my true and proper worship. I know that I have this scripture wrote down. Romans 12.1 Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. How do I worship God? You lay your life down. Lay your life down every single day. And you say, God, use me for whatever you want to do. Whatever you want to do. I don't care if I, if I ever preach to millions of people. I believe God will use me for that. I believe that I'll travel the world. I believe that I'll be on platforms with millions of people looking at me. But if I never get to do it, my life will still be bowed down to Christ. My life will still be surrendered every day to Christ. Because I'm grateful for everything he's done for me. I'm grateful for every opportunity he's ever given me. I'm forever grateful to God. If you guys have never accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, I'm not going to ask you to bow your head. I'm not going to ask you to, to murmur a prayer under your breath. Right? The Bible says that we confess Him openly and He will confess us openly in front of His Father. I don't do nothing in secret. Okay? If you guys want to accept Jesus for the first time in your life, I urge you guys to come to this altar right now and we'll pray. If you guys have already accepted Christ, but you know that there's more that you're supposed to be living for, you feel what I'm saying. The words that I'm saying, they're not just fancy and nice words. You're not just glad to hear my beautiful voice. The words that I'm saying resonate with your heart. And you say, God, I want to be found working in your field. God, I am a laborer. When there's no other laborers around, God, I will be a laborer. Though 10,000 may fall on my right and 1,000 to my left, no matter what happens around you, you're going to hold on to Christ. You're going to hold on and see nation shaken. Listen, there's a move coming. There's a move coming. I hope that you guys are in it and not watching it on television. And if you want to be somebody that God will use in this end time, come up to this altar right now and I'm going to pray with you.